0: This is a kinetic kill sidewinder vehicle with a secondary cyclotrimethylene trinitramine RDX burst. It's capable of busting the bunker under the bunker you just busted. If it were any smarter, it would write a book. A book that would make Ulysses look like it was written in crayon.
1: And it would read it to you.
0: Banded together from remote galaxies are the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion
1: of... Dudes! Dude! His dudeness, duder, el duderino. Dude!
2: Dude!
0: Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe.
2: You got it. What did you do? What did you do?
1: It's the Legion of Dudes podcast. And now, here's the Dudes. Welcome to the Legion of Dudes podcast. Tonight we have a very special episode for you. It is our Iron Man 2 movie commentary. Yes, it's been a while since we've done movie commentary. So we did Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2 came out just a couple weeks ago, so we figured, what the heck, why not do Iron Man 2? And join with me for tonight's commentary is Jordan, Ken, and John. Evening, fellas.
0: John 2.0.
1: That's right. right. Actually, probably 3.0.
0: Yeah, yeah. I tried the USB once. I hated it. I sent it to Jordan. I think he hated it, too. (laughs) Uh,
3: It was okay. It wasn't my favorite, but I appreciated it.
2: So since we've done Iron Man and now we're doing Iron Man 2, uh, are we going to get The Incredible Hulk in there before next summer so we can have the whole slate of Marvel movies with commentary tracks? Probably not. Why? Why?
0: Yeah, the Hulk was not bad. I didn't, I didn't mind the Hulk. I I'm just trying to tell jokes, but I didn't uh <laughs> I didn't mind the Hulk.
1: We won't be doing Hulk. We'll be doing The Incredible Hulk.
2: That, that's what I said, The Incredible Hulk, the one that actually is right. going to the the one with uh with Thunderbolt Ross and Tony Stark at
3: the bar. The one in continuity.
2: Yes. Yeah, and hopefully uh
0: Blonsky is th- our first look at a super soldier, you know, if they go about it that way and just kind of speed captain America up a little bit to look that way. Remember that scene where they had uh yep. That was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, but we're not here to do a commentary on the incredible Hulk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll edit it all together and do it actually chronologically. And we'll watch it that way.
2: Yeah. Because uh, chronologically the incredible Hulk happens after, or at least concurrent to this movie in terms of that is correct. Yeah. In terms of the continuity. What actually, I think it done.
0: happens like... Sorry, what else have we done? Star Trek and uh, Terminator Salvation?
2: Yeah, I think that yeah. that's actually it. Just the three of them. Cool. I think the next
1: one is going to be Tron. Oh, Tron's
2: will be coming awesome. out.
1: Tron's coming out in, in December, and I know we've, we've been, Tron Legacy is, and we've been all stoked oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah,
2: the
3: original Tron we're going to do, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I've got the tickets to see uh, 20 minutes of footage on Thursday, so oh, I can get you it on that. that? Cool. Yes, I did. And give blood that morning, too, so it should be interesting. It'll there, be really spacey.
2: There is a new IMAX theater that is having its grand opening celebration uh, the week of November 1st. So we will have an IMAX 3D theater available to me. So I'm, nice. lo- I'm looking forward to that.
1: All right. I guess we're getting ready to get started here. So like we've done this in the past, um, we've picked a point where you queue up the movie, and what we'll do is we'll tell you to pause, then we'll give you a three-second countdown – and we'll tell you to unpause. So if everybody queues up their movie, if you happen to have the Blu-ray, which most of us are watching the Blu-ray, you'll be right at the seven-second mark and hit pause. Um, if you're watching um, maybe a digital copy or the DVD copy, where you want to get to is right when the movie starts, you'll see the the Starfield background um, getting ready for the Paramount logo and right in the upper left-hand corner, you're going to see stars and the formation of another two stars um, kind of almost in a square-type pattern. And right when you get to that moment, um, just go ahead and hit pause. So, again, on the Blu-ray, it's like right at seven seconds. Um, you, you'll start to see some clouds um, very, you know, at the very bottom. And like I said, you'll see two very distinct shooting stars. When they first appear, go ahead and hit pause. Um, so we'll give you a couple seconds to get that set.
2: <laughs>
3: iron Man, Iron Man, does whatever an iron can.
1: Alright, so if everybody's ready, we're going to do a three second countdown and then hit unpause. So we're going to go three, two, one, unpause.
2: Seems like we just did this logo. With, okay, it seems like we just did this with uh, Star Trek. It's the same, same opening.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, of course, we're getting the now distinctive Marvel logo flashing comic images in the background.
2: Yeah, and unlike uh, some of the other ones, we don't hear the flipping of the pages, which was, I think I commented on this with Iron Man, was, I think, uh, Daredevil gave us the sound effects. Before that, we just had the... Images, but no, we have. Basically, we're hearing the end of Iron Man One here with the uh, TV coverage in the background. Mm-hmm. But we're in Russia.
1: I I thought this was interesting that they decided to kind of go back a little bit, and obviously it makes sense in the context of the story. But when you're first watching this, it's almost like, holy cow, they're starting this exactly where Iron Man One finished. Um, and then yeah. and then of course we see the jump. But I thought that was really cool.
2: Well, yeah, they more or less they are. I mean, we we'll, we'll see a little bit of what was going on during those six months. Um, right after this scene, but yeah, it's 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 a good way to start. It kind of you know brings it all together and gives it an established timeline of okay, where and when does this happen in relation to the first movie? You know, we're told right up front what's going on, and even the way that I mean, I'm looking at the Blu-ray, and
1: I've I've seen it once already since I've got it, and even the way this part is filmed in Russia here in this tenement, it's it's gritty. There's a lot of grain on the film mm-hmm. that either they didn't clean up or they they purposely added some grain to it so it it gives it that you know feel that it's really being shot you know where it's set just kind of right. this this rundown area
2: yeah and in, uh, in Russia movie films you
0: <laughs> I guess they don't have good health care in Russia
2: no I, I you know you know uh, John Favreau has said in a couple places that Mickey Rourke on his own Went and spent some time in a Russian Gulag, trying to get into character here. I guess he's very much a method actor; really gets into it. But um, he's never actually—I guess he just wanted to get in that frame of mind. But I don't know what benefit that gave his performance uh, doing that. Besides the accent, I think this is just Mickey Rourke. Well, yeah, uh, because yeah, he plays the yeah. exact same
0: character in The Expendables. Well, he
2: looks just like, <laughs> and he looks just like he does in The Wrestler or in The Expendables. Like I don't know what they—they they don't really do anything to. Except maybe the maybe the caps and the teeth there, but even for all I know, they may be his teeth. I don't know. <laughs> the um, The other comment I've heard previously was that Samuel L. Jackson uh, didn't really play Nick Fury as much as he played Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, but then yeah. again, Nick this Nick Fury was based off Samuel L. Jackson to begin with, so he that that works.
1: Yeah, like I've said, it's it's art imitating life, imitating art. <laughs>
2: I remember watching the early trailers for this seeing It's like, you know, I don't know why people couldn't figure this arc reactor technology out. I mean, Tony built it in a cave. This guy's building it in a rundown apartment in Russia. It, it doesn't seem that hard.
1: Hmm. Hey, Tony built it in the, you know, caves in the middle of uh, Afghanistan or whatever. With a box so. of scraps. Yeah.
0: They are going to have to come up with something eventually i mean how many in the last 50 years how many times have we done the stolen stark technology
2: well how many line? how many plots in the comics of iron Man has been based around that
0: right
3: that's yeah that's what i meant
2: yeah, yeah but it's like you know it's it's of course the movies are going to do that um
3: you well, know, if you think about it the avengers will be the first time we really get to see iron man fight somebody who's not iron man based presumably right I mean, we yeah. don't know exactly who the villains are going to be, but I, I would assume there's going to be multiple villains that use different types of attacks and that kind of stuff.
2: Oh, I'm sure. I really hope the villain is the Hulk. I don't think he will be, but. I think he'll be used, the, the Hulk will be used as a catalyst to bring the team together. Uh, but then once they get him, he will become a member of the team and, you know, that will, uh, then they'll go to another threat, the big threat of the movie. Howard the Duck, perhaps <laughs> perhaps, or you know, maybe, maybe not,
1: and we have let there be light, I love it how it just starts working right when all like the circuits blow, and he loses all the power, it's like that's like the signal for yeah. success, yeah, It's a lot. And I must say, we're we're seeing this opening here. Which the first thing I thought of was, "Wow, this is different than what we saw in the trailer." And I must say, I prefer this opening, especially well, after seeing um, the deleted scenes. Yes, the, I was just going to say
2: exactly that. This was a much I, better way to go with this. Yeah, a little too sticky. In, and looking in at the, the deleted, the deleted scenes, scenes, a lot of the deleted scenes were that were just like you know, kind of campy, a little bit too much over the top. Very much Favreau's um, improv storytelling method or movie-making methods. He just says, okay, we need to get from point A to point B, go. And the yeah. actors are left to just you know improv their way through it. And a lot of what got deleted seems to be those kinds of scenes where yeah. that improv didn't quite work out as well as it could.
3: How perfect was this song for the opening, by the way? Everything is better with ACDC. That's right.
2: Have you guys been checking out the uh, series of YouTube videos that uh, came out leading up to Iron Man Two, where somebody I don't know who it was would replace one character in a famous movie scene with Iron Man? Yeah, like there I think was I might have. there was Dirty Dancing, where instead of uh, Jennifer uh, Grey, it was Iron Man. You know, nobody, <laughs> nobody puts baby in the corner. There's. Uh, <laughs> There's uh, When Harry Met Sally in the restaurant, you know, when Meg Ryan um, fakes it. There's Iron Man instead of Meg Ryan yeah. and a few others. Nice. I, but but they're, all I done really, to, they're all done to ACDC, so.
1: Nice. I really dig this open here. I mean, obviously, you get the dancing girls and you get Tony being Tony. It's just, this was just perfect. Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark... Iron Man moment here. I loved it.
2: I believe I'll have the little repulsor toys and
1: yeah. I thought this was kind of an interesting choice, going with this whole Stark Expo thing and 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 going that route.
2: This um. This whole movie is as much an Iron Man sequel as it is an Avenger's prequel and a shield um intro piece basically I mean seeing we're setting up a lot more Howard Stark in his past, which we'll see in Captain America. I expect we're seeing um yeah you know, and this is our first intro to Howard even more so than the few pictures we saw of him in Iron Man One.
1: I love how he's just – he's totally into himself right at this moment now. You know, just – it's all about me. It's all about Iron Man. You know, I'm kicking butt and taking names. I just i just thought that was, again, just a perfect um, self-centered, egotistical Tony Stark moment. Now the scene we'll see coming up here, where we where he goes to Howard Stark, I had not started watching Mad Men at this time, so I did not realize who this was. But Jordan, of course, I, I think at this point you were.
3: Oh yeah, I um, brought it up in our in our podcast on Iron Man too. I was yeah. so excited to see John Slattery. It's sad that he won't be back for Avengers in the role. They recast it.
1: Yeah, but it, it was well,
3: very cool to see him. They here. recast Howard Stark. Yeah, I can't yeah, playing him, but I
1: think I think they want to go younger because Slattery is. You know, in he's almost fifty. Well, yeah, this, um, this because-
2: scene would be set in 1974 when Stark Expo was, or give or take, I think this was. So he'd be right. even younger than that. For well, if he is in Captain America, I don't know if he would be.
3: That would make sense. Yeah, I said Avengers, I meant Captain America. You
2: did mean Captain because yeah, because yeah, I don't know if yeah, Cap- he's definitely a listed. He's yeah. definitely
3: a listed member in that in
2: that then, show. Then then uh, yeah then he this this actor he wouldn't work in
3: Captain America. Because he'd have pretty to be... much every Marvel character and literally their father is in Captain America.
2: This was a better way of using Olivia Munn Olivia as well. Olivia Munn. This was a better than, than the than the scene in the lead scenes where they had her. Although yeah. I wouldn't mind being Tony in that scene, but. And up up is the uh, Stan Lee cameo soon. Yeah.
1: Was that? That wasn't Scarger there, was it? No, was that Taylor Taylor Swift or? It looked kind of like
3: her, but I don't think it was.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, I w- it's Oracle. That Larry, is, that really is Larry, Larry Ellison. Ellison. That is Larry Ellison. Yeah. yeah. But now I don't know if Stanley was meant to be Larry King or if, like the Hugh Hefner scene, he was just meant to look like Larry King.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm guessing the latter.
2: You know, and I didn't catch her the first time. Her she says her name is Marshall. Yeah course, that's U.S. Right. Marshal.
1: U.S. Marshal. Uh, interaction between Happy and Tony. Yeah, you can tell it's friendship is definitely growing.
2: Yeah, and that's you can. I I, I get the sense that that's also the John Favreau and uh, Robert Downey Jr. relationship as well.
1: Yeah. It, it's funny. I don't know if you guys watch the the behind the scenes and stuff on it, but. Favreau looked really, really stressed out. I mean, and he even kind of talks about being really stressed out on this one, um, as opposed to the last one. He's got a lot of riding. I
2: mean, from... he got a lot of riding in this. I mean, before it's like you know, yeah, they had to yeah. prove, but now they've got to live up to that in this one. Yeah.
1: This is actually the the first scene we saw during the trailer is the is the Senate hearing.
3: How old is Gary Shanley at this point? Uh, probably sixty. Can you imagine his neck at eighty? <laughs> oh,
2: oh, 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 you know what? What really—it look me like me. George was, Lucas. What well, really freaks me out is that the yeah, <laughs> it's at the end of the movie, his 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 smile, like he squints a little, and it just was creepy. They they also had on the
1: documentary. He shows up in Monaco when. The scene when they're supposed to be ramming uh, Whiplash, and uh, and Gary Shandling shows up in there and starts yelling at uh, at them to move the rolls is kind of funny. <laughs> Senator Stern, obviously, I'm guessing a um, a callback to Roger Stern, the, the famous comic writer. I can only assume probably. Yeah. In fact, did they ever give his
2: first name? I think maybe. I don't know. You know what? I bet there's a scene where he's on C-SPAN or something. Later on, and they may actually give a full credit. Like they hear it says Justin Hammer, it may say Roger Stern. Yeah, we'll have to watch for that. I love Sam Rockwell. Did you guys see Moon? Oh yeah, great movie. You know, I saw that after seeing this on everyone's recommendations. They go go see see that, and it wasn't what I was expecting, but it was really good, and and Sam Rockwell was great in it.
3: It's a tour de force for him. I mean, he. He literally carries the movie entirely by himself. Well, it, it is it's incredible. it's
2: it's him, and like the main, the majority of the movie is just two characters, and he plays both of them. I love
1: how he he makes the allusion to Iron Man being a shield. Yeah, and then <laughs> this isn't Canada; we live in a world of great threats. I love that <laughs> <line>. <laughs>
2: There's a lot that's cut from this scene, and rightly so. They really tighten this up nicely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought Rockwell was a bold choice for uh, for playing Hammer, because Hammer in the comics, and, and even if you remember back from the Spider-Man cartoon in the 90s, much older, yeah. much older character. But I think it works, because you know, Tony needs a a ride, I think, closer to himself. I think it adds more impact than yes. having this old guy. I think we did that last time. I mean, we had Jeff Bridges play stain so
2: yeah and like right now or at least when this came out in the comics we had the the widow or the wife and daughter of Justin Hammer um, instead suggesting he was much older which in the comics he was Uh, but but for this movie this this works I think much better so what do you
1: guys think of Cheadle as
2: uh, Rhodes as opposed to to um I'm kind of soft uh, on both of them. I mean, really. They, neither yeah. one really nailed the role for me. Not that I'm a huge expert or fan mm-hmm. on Rhodey, um, but I just don't know enough about it. I haven't read enough to, to know. But neither one had, a, to me, a, the presence that I would think an Air Force colonel would, should have. Well, coming from someone that has read a,
0: a bunch of War Machine... The part was written better in this movie. I mean, Rhodey's kind of ticked off all the time, and he's not really a big fan of Tony's antics, even though they're like brothers, you know? Right, right. I think he was a little bit more playful, maybe, and, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Tolerant of Tony in the first movie. And then this movie, you really get his kind of tougher side. And, I mean, Terrence Howard could have done that as well. They're both great actors. It just seemed to ring a little more true in this movie for the personality of Roadie.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I overall I think I prefer Terrence Howard, but um, Cheadle didn't bother me as much as I thought it did. I think a lot of it was just more. Um, I think Howard got a bit of a raw deal, and uh, but but I think in the end it worked out. This. Scene cracked me completely cracked me up. It almost looks like old cold war footage. <laughs> and again it just kind of shows off Tony still kind of acting like the clown. Right. Um. <laughs> And again, I think you know, when you're watching this scene at, at first I think you're like, Well, I don't you know it seems kinda like an odd scene to throw in there, having you know, Tony Stark being called before Congress and making this big hubbub. But when you when it comes in the context of the fact that you bring um Danko in and or Vanko in and he has the same tech and he uses it and his his hope that it's not only Tony Stark that can build this and use this effectively. That that this this tech could be out on the open market. And knowing in this scene what a what a big bruhaha he makes over the fact that um, it's it's him and him only, and everybody else is just an imitator. It, it gives much more impact and power to what you know Whiplash does in the Monaco scene.
2: Right. I love Tony's workshop. Yeah. You know I've had discussions with people about this and specifically about some of the new technology coming in real life right now specifically for Xbox 360, the Kinect, this motion sensor and they're comparing it to Wii or Playstation's thing and like how is this going to be yeah, this end up collecting dust I'm like, y- you don't get it you know, the Wii and it's little handle thing or Sony's thing with the little handle thing, they're fine but Kinect is changing the way we do things and I made the comparison, it's like it's basically the first step or one of the first steps to getting Tony's workshop. And like you're re- they think I'm saying I'm reaching or I'm like, Th- but think about it. You've got a workshop here that yes, you have these very complex holograms, but more importantly you've got or just as important, you have a computer system that is completely aware of where Tony is, where his hands are, what he's manipulating, and can respond to holograms accordingly. So something like the Microsoft Connect, which has you interface with your television just by uh, a wave of your hand, is very similar. Now imagine an array of those types of sensors in a room, you get Tony what, what will eventually become Tony's Workshop. And I'm just fascinated yeah. by the technology that's available today, and we're not that far off, relatively, to something like what we're seeing on screen right now. Yeah. And that's my rant on tech for today. <laughs>
1: Just even UI design. I mean, you know, think about it. I mean, we have things like, you know, a lot of the modern cell phones and stuff where you use gest- gesturing. You have to move things around and right. you know, swipe and, yeah. and and everything. I mean, it's amazing how it's gone.
2: I mean, we do that. We do that now. I mean, let's go back to uh, like the Knight Rider reboot of a year or so ago. You know, you had they had this uh, just this gesture. Oh, here's uh, something on this computer screen. Let's just kind of. Slide it over to the car, and that's
3: how you download it. But you know what? It's not that far off from what you can do right now. Well, that's uh, coming right now with uh, in I guess November with I- uh, Apple TV and iOS four, where they have that thing where if you're streaming, if you have the stuff on your any file on your your iOS device, you can just slide it right off on Apple TV, which is kind of awesome.
2: Well, yeah, I and mean, you can do that now. I mean, you have the the, uh, the technology. I have my 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 Android right here. That, you know, you, and in Windows 7 you have the play anywhere. I can just say, okay, well, I have this content on this, but I want to play it over there. Go play. You know, so that's that's definitely happening.
3: You're absolutely right. right. It's a good time to be a geek. Yeah.
1: That was a great little bit we got there where, again, just to kind of show off the UI a little bit where he's literally taking things up, crumbling them up, and throwing them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love this. We get the, uh, the uh, I guess, Andy Warhol-esque, Obama-esque Iron Man <laughs> poster <laughs> that he, he decides to hang up. And it's totally a married couple argument. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's all uptight about the art collection that she's worked so hard to get and they spend so much money on it. He just doesn't care. I didn't expect this, him seeding company over to, to Pepper. I mean, I guess I, I should have, but. Right. I, I right. Thought, you know, and obviously, if he thinks he's dying, he's going to want to make sure he gives it to somebody worthy.
2: Yeah, and when we had the Stark Expo earlier, and that's when we first saw him checking things. Okay, real quick. The, the, there's a, a shield pop up thing on the Blu ray. This guy here, the shield files identify him as a member of the Ten Rings.
0: Yeah, did we get a look at his ring
2: or I anything? I, I, never, I missed it again this time. I didn't think of the look for that. But yeah, he's. Just, I wonder
0: if it's just a common actor from like the caves of the first
2: movie. Ooh, maybe he was. Maybe that's how we were meant to know to use t- Ten Rings without, the, um, without the, the, the Shield database interface. But, I mean, it was just a placement of a Ten Rings agent telling, me, telling us they're still around.
1: Yeah. I, I guess I really see that's where they're going with the third one they have is, to. Uh,
2: they have Mandarin. Yeah. and
1: and I think that would make sense because then we can move away from the whole repulsor tech, you know, more robots kind of thing going on. You right. know, we can we can move move beyond that.
2: Yeah, I mean with the with the drones in this movie at the end, we've effectively, not for real, but we've effectively done armor wars at this point in in the movies. We don't need to go that way again. Right. Now, if we want to do a combination of Mandarin and Demon in the bottle, awesome, let's do that. Right. And they almost kind of
1: handled that this way, too, the whole demon in a the bottle. They definitely,
2: they definitely added some to that um, more. And, and they touched on it in the first one, too, and they, they expanded it on here so they right. can really drive it home in the third one. And by the third one, I, do, we, I think we do mean Iron Man 3 and not, in fact, the Avengers, which to John Favreau, he's like, no, the third one's the Avengers. Then we'll do Iron Man 3.
3: Yeah, I can't imagine they try to shoehorn that into Avengers. Oh, There's God, already no so way. much going on.
2: Although I do enjoy the Dick Sporting Goods uh, product placement here.
1: <laughs> now, when we see ScarJo come into the ring and kind of lean over and look straight at the camera, yeah, I, I've always found her to be an attractive woman. But just I don't know what it is with the between the the hair and the makeup and the in the look and the and and lighting or
2: it all just works.
1: Whatever. And yeah, that woman
2: is unbelievably gorgeous. Now why, hell, just, why is it Pepper just, Potts, the new CEO of Stark Industries, using an LG Envy and not a BlackBerry?
3: Or, because guess. LG paid to have oh, it in the movie, right? That's
2: right, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. right. So th- this scene here, where he's he's googling her more or less, and he have the uh, pictures of her portfolio. Did 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 she really do that, or are they all there as plants in her file to again get get Tony to bring her in as her uh, his uh, assistant as part of her cover? You know, they, they got to make guessing. it so Tony wants her there.
1: I'm guessing plants.
2: Okay, I don't mind it either way. <laughs> the reaction
0: is awesome. Yeah, pepper.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it just it sets up even more the, the scene later on between, uh, you know. Oh yeah, that one, the, yeah. Black Widow.
4: <laughs> I got him. <laughs>
2: And I know there was a lot of outrage at first when people were like,
1: they called her Natalie Rushman. I can't believe they did that.
2: Yeah, yeah And even in interviews and other stuff leading up to it, they referred to her character as Natalie Rushman. It's like right. you know, they, 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 they definitely hid the fact and it paid off in the end of the movie here. Yeah. Typical fanboy overreaction. Yeah, just calm down. as usual. Let, Let's see the movie first. Oh, I, I loved how everybody was screaming about Whiplash's costume in this scene when they first showed it. Like, couldn't yeah. they get him a shirt? But then when you see it, it's like, all right, that actually all makes sense as to why it's like that.
3: To me, it's similar to like when we were starting to see Oh, there it is. There's Thor. the suitcase.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: To me, it's like when we first started seeing stuff from Thor and we'd only seen like a couple stills and people were already freaking out that we hadn't seen helmets yet. It's like, guys, we've got a year and a half till the movie comes out. Yeah, right. You'll something, but even if you don't, it's not a big deal. Yeah.
1: Uh, You have a 9.30 dinner appointment. Perfect. I'll be there at 11.
0: (laughs) Kind of just get the feeling that he's just playing himself. You know, he's not even acting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing. When when people when he was announced before the first Iron Man, he was playing Tony Stark. I know of people who, they're like, that's that's not Tony Stark. What are they doing? And I'm just like, what are you, kidding me? He's lived Tony Stark's life. He's perfect.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the, a, a big part of it is, you know, the armor. You, you don't have to, it's not like playing Superman, where they complain that Brandon Ruth isn't big enough, or right. he's too big, or... I mean the guy's in a 100% CGI suit of armor. I mean, yeah. He doesn't well, have to be a big presence.
2: But not like that, not Tony. even not even the Iron Man part, but just the Tony Stark thing, you know, when you look at I mean, I look at him and like he he, he looks like Tony Stark to me, dead on, 100%. I do yeah. enjoy the uh the the uh vanity fair cameo here, you know, resurgence, especially Pepper's yes. uh comments here. Oh yeah, she uh did a spread on Tony last year and then Tony jumps in with the – uh well, yeah, wrote an article on me too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Does anybody here watch The League? No. No. Okay. I, th- I think she was on that the other night and the whole time I was going, where have I seen her? But I'm not sure if it is her now. <laughs> Let me put that away.
1: It's funny because you get the impression that this version of Hammer is just like a he's almost like a little kid trying to play.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: In a grown up. And and nothing goes his way.
2: Yeah, and that's just it. That's he, he he's trying to be Tony Stark and, you know, you just you just can't do that. Yeah. I mean Tony, Tony is yeah, a businessman, yeah, he's a Playboy. But as we talked, I think about it in the first movie he's got the brain too. He's, he's the everything. He's, he's the whole package here.
1: Yeah. And this just made perfect sense to me. It's like, okay, you think you're dying, you know, your, 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 your toxicity levels are just ramping up. You're one of the richest men in the world. You're one of the smartest men in the world. You own your own formula race car. You're in Monaco. Why not just take it out for a
2: spin? That's it.
1: And I love Pepper's reactions. The driver's pissed. Yeah, right. I I need happy. Get happy. I need happy. (laughs) It just sounded so funny.
2: Give me happy. I need happy.
1: And it's funny how, how Pepper's character's changed, too, because she's gone from kind of being the assistant to having no qualms of taking advantage of the assistant. Right. Yeah. Oh, what's a race car when you've you know, flown at supersonic speeds? Yeah. <laughs> At thirty thousand feet interesting too on the behind behind the scenes when they talk about how they did this, they used a lot of practicals um, with the crashes and the explosions it wasn 't all a bunch of cGI
2: that they yeah, really, and that's know, another thing flipped. with John Favreau he is definitely a uh, a big fan of the. The practical effects as much as possible. And that's why I mean yeah. they, they they do a lot of um, a lot of the motion capture stuff was done uh, actually right in the in the fields if you will. They um, they're in on the set. You know the uh-huh. Robert Downey Jr.'s costume. It was basically you know a you know a partial partial Iron Man suit, but then it had the mocap uh, bands all over it, so that ILM can then go in and. More realistically, matched the suit to his movements. In fact, the uh, the final scene, the fight, the big fight scene in the uh, pavilion, there's they're all real people in in their in these costumes, but they're different colors to match who they're supposed to be, and they all got mocaps on there. But it's not like they did mocap in a studio to develop these things. They just did the choreographed fight scene and then CGI CGI'd around that. Yeah. I'm guessing this is CG though. This is not a practical effect, I'm going to guess. No, I think that was the
1: car the f- looking at the thing, the car, that was practical. They CG'd in the glow and stuff and the okay. sparks. Okay. But yeah, they, they, they really they, they had a ram underneath the thing, and so when it hit its mark, the it ram broke went up apart
2: the car. And, but I mean, did they yeah. CG in Mickey Rourke back in there then or was that really a stuntman standing there? Like how how much of it did they really do it?
1: no my understanding is a lot of the the rork stuff is cg'd in like okay. after the fact okay yeah.
2: so like the the man the guy standing there in the middle of it that was added later but right the right. the cars no. doing its thing was real
1: yeah this here the stark
2: uh car
1: flipping like that is all practical it's not it's not cgi gotcha
0: You know, it's a great scene when after trailers and previews and everything else, you've seen it like a thousand times and it's never it never gets old. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was a great trick here. Kind of showing it from from his perspective. But this part here with the with the cars blowing up and the explosion in the background, that's all that's all. I mean, I think there's a little CGI fire and stuff, but the explosion and the flip and stuff is real. Yeah, you can
2: definitely tell with this Blu-ray copy, at least. That uh, Mickey Rourke's not really there. Yeah, yeah this is is the only part, Yeah, this is the only part of the movie that I had a real,
1: I guess, where I didn't think the effects came off so well. Was Rourke there when when everything kind of exploded around him? To me, that just looked a little yeah. um, too hokey, and everything else looked. I mean, everything else great, but that just didn't didn't do it for me. I love you. Still got the toothpick. Yeah, John. Doesn't he have a tooth? Isn't he? Isn't he have a toothpick? In um,
0: you glitched out a little bit there in Expendables. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> they took him from this filming to the Expendables shot to the to the red carpet for Expendables well, no, from the same from, thing.
2: from the wrestler to yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: His hair was a little different than The Wrestler, at least, in The expendable. Well, th- this, this
2: like is... I mean, maybe he was filming this during the press tour stuff for The Wrestler. I don't know. But this is the same hair I remember seeing him with when he was doing all the wrestler interviews. Well, true, true. And that, that bit with Downey on fire like that, he, they really set him on fire. I mean, he was really... Oh, yeah, that was definitely terrible. real fire. You could tell that wasn't CG. Yeah. Now, this part here, having seen the trailer before that, having seen the thing with the with the briefcase, this bit went on uh, just a little bit too long for me because I'm just like get the briefcase I want to see the armor yeah I love I
1: just love the the interaction between the three of them the arguing and the bickering and yeah. and uh, in the middle of all this going on I just but yeah I agree I think it, I think it went on a bit hit too him. long hit him again hit him
2: again hit him again it's almost a little
1: like a Three Stooges or Laurel and Hardy moment kind of here where it's 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 just a little bit of slapstick, I guess you'd call it. Airbag. Airbag.
2: Here it comes. It, 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 this was worth the price of admission. Right. Oh when I saw this in that first trailer, I was just Oh, I, I it the whole thing was sold for me at that point.
3: That was the trailer premiered after the Academy Awards, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. And this, and this was at the very end.
1: And it's so funny, right? Because, I mean, it's... it's You always wondered, like, when you're watching the comics, how can they make the armor look so perfect if it's held in a damn suitcase? And, and so, this is just perfect because it, it's not perfect.
2: Right, right. It's not the perfect armor, and it's the entire suitcase. It's not like it was in the suitcase, and then you get to put the suitcase away. It is right. the suitcase. It was – I. I right. in a realistic world, you couldn't have done it any better. It, it's a scaled-down it, version of it, but it still does the job.
1: Yeah. And I don't know what it is about this bit here where he – like it's almost like a martial arts kind of move where he kind of swivels around and – takes up the yeah. the the whip in his hand and the way he moves and stuff. I just thought that was awesome. The choreography, I mean, obviously a lot of it's digital, but it's it just looked so good.
2: Yeah, that's just a testament to ILM's work and how they're able to make this happen and look so oh, fluid yeah. and so real.
3: Reminds me of that part of the Transporter 2 with the fire hose. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that type of... Way-
1: I guess it's you know hook on a chain or whatever they call it is, is becoming a lot more popular in, in those type of movies nowadays. So it's almost like kind of incorporating that into this.
3: I think it's type of mace is the term you're looking for.
1: Yeah. <laughs> His shoes come off. He's all tattered. And I love how the, the fact that they're not afraid to let the armor get tore up. Yeah. You know, let it get destroyed and, and battered and ruined and not everything's so Everything's not always pristine.
2: And there's Justin uh, Hammer with his, like, ooh, I know what. I can light, use this guy.
1: The light went off. So how much of that is... The character and how much of that is?
2: Yeah, I know some of these tattoos are not real. But I know a lot of them are his.
1: Yeah,
0: you could probably match him up against his tattoos in The Expendables
3: to tell <laughs> which one's real.
2: <laughs> I think this was another scene we saw briefly in the trailers, and that added fuel to the whole. You know, you couldn't afford him a shirt. Yeah. Again, when you see the final movies, like it makes sense. They just pulled him from the wreckage, from the the fight, and he all he had on was the tattered jumpsuit and the and the the whips. So guess what? No shirt. Yeah. You know, we'll put him in his, put him in his prison jumpsuit in a little bit, and Justin Hammer can break him out.
1: This is a pretty deep, I mean, for a, you know, for a comic book movie, this is, uh, it's pretty raw. It's almost like something like we'd see in the Nolan Batman flick here, you know, just this kind of raw one-on-one, real serious thing going on. And again, I, th- I think it's cool that just from his perspective, that that's all he had to do. You know He, he had no qualms about being captured or, or defeated or killed or whatever. His whole purpose was to prove you know that, that, that Tony was wrong and that he's a thief and a liar, and, and right. he's not as, as great as he thinks he is.
2: Yeah, I mean, Williams Tony for Senator. It just says Senator Stern here. This is what I was talking about yeah. earlier. I thought I was going to say his first name.
3: It's Laverne. <laughs> 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 I like how even his jet.
1: Is you know futuristic or, or has a, a a different design to it? I mean, this isn't your um, your typical GS five. You know, right. This is. It
2: three hours to make that. Take some five
0: hours to render the armor and three hours to make an
1: omelet. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> yeah, I still say that was all in one night. <laughs> we still disagree. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Great line. Not everybody runs on batteries. Yeah. I don't
2: I don't know what some people were looking for that they when they say this wasn't a good movie, because there's so much good about this. I mean it's, I mean the action scenes are different. Some are better, some are worse than the first one. But it's it's a transitional movie. It's setting up you know, it, it's a continuation of, the, of Tony's story, of the Iron Man story, but it's as much of a setup for the Avengers than any little, you know, Easter egg is.
1: Well, the other thing for me is this one more so, I think, than any other superhero and sequel. I, I think even more than begins in Dark Knight and even more, maybe, in the, maybe closer to Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 – But it really felt like a continuation, and it really felt like one long movie. Like there wasn't – you know how sometimes – I can't explain it, but there's almost like when you go from, from the first movie to the second movie, there's something that changes. There's something a little different. I don't know if it's in the way that they treat the dialogue sometimes or that you just get this feeling from it, like something's different. And this one to me was so smooth between watching the first one and the second one. And I think that's why, for me personally, it worked a lot better because I really—I mean, you could watch Iron Man One and Iron Man Two back to back, and it would almost be like you're watching, you know, a four-part or five-part TV, you know, series that's just all strung together. Right. It just just works. You know, when
2: we get to the scenes with she more shield stuff and nick fury and and that that was the point of this movie was to to get that part of the world more established and you know justin hammer and and the and uh the armors and the drones and all that that's pieces of tony's journey but it's all to get tony to a point where he's ready to be you know be part of the avengers but this this is one of his best scenes yeah, Th- this and loading out the uh, the Mark II are two of my favorite yeah. hammer scenes.
1: And then, of course, his little dancing jig at the uh, Stark Expo when he walks out on the you stage. You know what? That, I watched this two. movie
2: again before we did this, and I've got a comment about that when we
3: get there. Cool.
1: Again with the with the toothpick.
2: Italian ice cream from San Francisco.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: He's just such a clown. I mean, even the he's trying to be Tony Stark right now mm-hmm. and he and he thinks that, you know, he's impressing him by saying, I like to eat my dessert first. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this like- guy doesn't care <laughs> a bit about <laughs> any of this.
1: And he's so fish out of water, you know he's you know pretty laid back pretty blue collar and you know here comes a guy he's putting his napkin on his lap and he's looking at him like he's you know about to steal his wallet or something <laughs> and uh you know he doesn't know what's going on so i, I just i love the, the reaction just the facial expression i mean he doesn't even say anything just the way he looks
2: right right He's almost like a used car salesman. Oh, he's exactly like a used car salesman. Yeah, yeah, right, right down to the uh, the lemon armor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very good. Is in Russia of toast all right, that's enough of the brush jokes. <laughs> and Brussels. I love the
1: bird bit. I want my bird.
2: I want my bird. Oh, my bird. It's
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want a
0: waterfall in my house. Yeah. I want a Natalie and a Pepper. <laughs> You can have Close, your
1: waterfall. The closest pepper you're going to come to is what's on your dinner table. No. <laughs> uh.
2: Now we're getting our first pieces of the puzzle here from uh, Vanko's past. Jarvis. Uh, in his little driving theater in his hot rod. <sighs> I haven't
1: watched it yet, but I hear that on the Avengers, um, Earth Mighty's Heroes cartoon, that they've taken the same approach with Jarvis as they have in the, in the movie. That they have.
2: A, yep. Absolutely. They have, yeah. They, I watched one of the shorts for that with him, and that's exactly what they did. And the
0: actor that is doing the voiceovers for Tony Stark is definitely doing the Robert Downey Jr. impersonation with the inflection and even mm-hmm. the tone of his voice and everything.
1: Nice.
2: So he's gotta replace his uh, replace the battery again.
1: Yeah. Well I love that. You know, Roadie comes to scold him, you know, and basically tell him, Yeah, you, you know, you've got to do something about this because I you're you're about to get into it deep. And uh you know, and then it's of course when he sees his friend in trouble, he's you know, he kinda of switches it back to I've got to help my buddy mode.
2: Yeah, Tony, you may not want to hang out with that knot in your chest longer than you need to.
1: Yeah. I love that. The high-tech crossword puzzle right. on your neck. <laughs> Road rash.
0: Remember when the uh, previews and the I should say the trailers were first hitting, we all thought it was extremists? Yeah, we didn't know what yeah. that was, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, we definitely thought it was... Uh, Almost like it, you know the the, tech, the techno was was you know like you said with extremists was get was getting a hold of them, and then we yeah. just find out it's just insane.
2: yeah we didn't get the I still don't get the why it's got this you know angular digital pattern to it. um You'd think it was just going to follow his blood vessels, which would be just more fluid and organic. But yeah, who knows? It's it's still pretty cool. I mean, it's, it was a good effect.
1: Now, this they filmed, weren't they saying this was uh, at a NASA facility or something like Maybe. that? With the, I'm
2: trying to think back to the to the commentary. I thought that was interesting. Can't get anybody to go in them. <laughs> Can we get some codes for this guy? So, oh, no, we're good. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Sixteen character passcode and he just jumps right right through it. Yeah. So, f- <laughs> <laughs>
1: he doesn't like his software. Let me just take this head right off. Right, right. Use that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think?
1: I love that. I want to take a dump in Tony Stark's <laughs> front yard.
2: <laughs> no problem, man. Oh, there's the birthday party now.
1: It's getting worse.
2: Yep. I guess it is kind of more or less falling. It's... You can talk about playing Tony, pushing Tony's buttons just the right way. Oh yeah. Nobody nobody can maintain eye contact with Tony Sark. All I got to say is
1: Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is one lucky SOB.
2: That son of a I hate him.
0: <laughs> he gets, he gets to be green lantern <laughs> deadpool <laughs> and
2: and spend his spare time with his free time with scarjo yeah this this is the line that i think everybody wants her to say to them <laughs> yeah
1: I went to the midnight showing for this in the theater, and everybody was like, ooh,
2: right after she said that. This is just funny. I love this scene, this whole set. This is a scene that every time I see
1: it, it grows on me more and more.
2: Yep. <laughs> now, from what I understand, I didn't see it, but I love it. Ow, my hand. This this DJ he yeah. passed away recently, didn't he? Yeah, OD'd. Is that what it was? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was before this was released theatrically, but after he shot, I think it was like maybe two months after he shot his last set of scenes.
2: Oh, really? Okay, I didn't realize it was that 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 time. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah, that's DJ Am yeah. him and uh, Travis Barker, the drummer from Blink One Eighty Two and the Aquabats and stuff. He was. They were both in a plane crash. And yeah. this was like a year later that he, I guess he OD'd on pain meds or something like that. Oh, okay. I don't really pay that much attention to Oh, it.
2: I got you. So, yeah.
0: That's pretty much the roadie I know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. How do you feel about the suit? Just like that. Uh, just like that. That's horrible. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's just—it is odd to look at him with the uh, the armor all on, uh, the armor all the armor on, and but having the hood, the helmet up. It, it it almost looks awkward, but it's weird. I don't know.
1: Well, one of the you know one of the things they did for this, I guess this is what the Mark IV is. It's it's a little sleeker, you know. Even even yeah. the Mark III was a little bulkier, so it allows him. You know, I think they did it on purpose, obviously, but it, it fits a little tighter, a little closer, so it doesn't look as goofy, right? You know, like that. And the other thing they did with this is, I guess, for filming in this one, all the scenes that show him in the armor, he actually, like, from the waist up, they actually have the armor prototype on, and from the waist down, they just let him shoot with um, the mocap sensors well, on yeah, and that's the CG- how
2: most of these scenes are, uh, yeah. is the mocap stuff. And that's, you know, it's all CG, the rest of it, but that's for, as much for flexibility as anything else. Of course, no glass is getting anybody, but, eh, whatever.
1: That's vaporizing, come on now. All right,
2: now... This scene here where Rhodey goes and grabs the armor and apparently does it without any problem at all and it does get addressed in the uh, Nick Fury scene. Yeah, there's a this mark 3, there's a mark 3 still with battle damage. This yeah. is telling me right here that Rhodey has access, he's perfectly authorized to do what he's doing right now in Tony's yep. security system. And 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 Nick Fury asks him point blank that later on, he's like no, he took it. Like, and that just that took totally
0: his- that totally follows the books, where in a, in a recent run of War Machine, Tony gave Rhodey full access and even gave him his own satellite that was completely its own network. Right. So if anything ever got hacked in Stark, he would have his complete separate unit and wouldn't be affected by it. Right.
1: Just give me a fat beat to beat my buddy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> But that yeah, works. the whole thing with warm, a little the
2: Little that, that works.
1: The whole bit with War Machine getting access and that that none of that bothered me at all because no. I was just like they're buddies, they're friends. I mean, his his goal is to is to share this, especially too, once he finds out he's dying. So, I didn't give that a second thought. No, I didn't no. understand that that gripe to, to to any degree. And this is what really
2: I just oh. I love this scene. I did too. I don't know why people are like you know no action. Are we talking about this is a great. I, I love the fight scene, but you know you know who loves this fight scene? My three year old. He will watch <laughs> this over and over again, and then run around the house, sticking his palm out, going, chew, chew. <laughs> "Oh, don't you miss pots me." <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I guess that scene makes more sense given the fact that it was originally supposed to be Natalie wearing the glove too. Um, yeah, dragging right. him on.
2: Right, yeah. Now that's that but, you see uh, the look in her face though, she's like she's Black Widow. She's going to report in right now. Yeah. She was storming off there.
1: And I love the kind of the boxing, you know, like with Rhodey, the kinda he kind of doing the little weave move, you know, yeah with his hands out. Oh, that was the
2: step too far. Yeah. Sound mix on this is great though. Just uh, hearing all the servos and everything. Yeah. Oh, well, this, yeah. Is other, this is the other thing my son will do. He will put his hand up and he will tell me, "Say put your hand down." <laughs> <laughs> he will he will act the scene out with me. It's awesome.
1: That's I love u- the external shot. That's Good.
2: usually when my wife comes by and looks at me and says, looks at the TV and says, really? With the three-year-old? <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> it's Iron Man. It's robots blowing stuff up. That's all he knows. That's all he needs to know. It's not like I'm shown in the pole dancing scene in the first one.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's funny. A buddy of mine, he, his son's about I guess he's he's now he's about eight or so, and uh seven or eight, and he's not super super strict, but you know certain things he'll he'll take a pass on or or wait until it comes on video so he can fast forward and uh, when when we went and saw this one, he said, "Well, how does this one compare to the first one as far as you know either language or violence or whatever i said I said actually this one's a lot more mild than the first one, yeah I think um you know we had the scene obviously with you know him him and the the reporter kind of you know going home and whatnot and right a lot of that was was toned down in this, so I thought that was that was kind of interesting
2: yeah I mean this the you know the the most um not explicit or sexual, but the most the scene that has the most of that type of content you know was between the the boxing ring with Natalie um and her changing yeah. in the car outside of that it was yeah, there was some suggestive stuff. But nothing at all like the the bed or the 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 stewardess is dancing, right? Excuse me, flight attendants,
1: flight attendants. Yes.
2: Now this is cool because this they actually shot at Edwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a great great sequence here, and just the seeing the the HUD in the identifying all the different officers. Yeah. And just they Most all he's... come around him, and he's like bright and silver and shiny. It's like, yeah. yeah, like even he's like they're all like wow. He's like yeah, I know. Let's just get it inside and.
1: I think most of these guys were actually the servicemen that they let, you oh, know sure. be yeah. on the set, a part of the filming too. So
2: very, 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 very likely. I and mean, even even Rory, he doesn't feel right about doing this, but he knows he has to. Yeah. And this is the other scene my <laughs> son wants to see. He's like, I want to see the big donut. The big donut. This this is Th- this good.
0: This kind of had the reverse effect on me. You know how we said earlier, like, you could watch the Monaco scene a million times? Like, I've seen this enough. See, the I, donut part, I've seen enough.
2: Not so much the donut yeah. part, but the whole... not And not even the restaurant scene, that's part of it. It's back at the house. This is... This is the whole other half of the movie. Yeah, you got the Tony and the Justin Hammer thing. This is the other main focus of this movie. And I love how the sunglasses match the armor. You got the red and black, you know, look to them the uh the shield setup up you know I said this is mm-hmm. much a, a a prequel or a setup for the Avengers This is where all that comes in is the stuff with shield and the stuff with uh up oh, here comes natasha great costume yeah I hate Ryan Reynolds.
1: What did you think of Samuel L. Jackson's performance in this one as as Fury?
2: Like I said earlier, it's uh, it's, it's Samuel Jackson playing himself, which is what you yeah. need for this guy. You know, I'm not sure if he's going to ask for his wall or his lightsaber, but whatever, it's all the same guy.
1: It, it seemed a little off to me. A little, I don't know if it's too forced or a little too campy. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm i'm a huge samuel jackson fan i mean i'll see pretty much anything he's he's in just to see him but it, it i don't know it just seemed a little too too much um in this one
0: this is pretty much Jules from pulp fiction
2: yeah and that's that's exactly what you need i mean it's Will you no, I didn't know. have. A, I don't have a problem. No, with it. I don't. <laughs> this is Nick Fury. Nick Nick Fury runs the show wherever he goes, and that's the end of it. and, well, and he definitely is, brings that.
0: Yeah, th- this is Ultimate Nick Fury. I yes. mean, this is. Oh There yeah. is definitely a difference between, you know, what do we call it? Six oh six, Nick Fury, proper Nick Fury. Yeah. Um, there's that definitely would be a difference.
3: Six one six. Let's get Whatever. that right. Whatever. Nobody says that anymore. Thank you, Jordan. I was just about to Hey, Jordan. Show. Thanks. Thanks speak, for coming. Six one six. Fury Prime.
2: It's it's, it's a head. It's It's not a helmet.
0: It's a head. Candy Graham. You're (laughs) that shark. (laughs) Too old for Jordan. He doesn't know what to talk talking about. Yeah,
2: really? I did that to somebody once. We had a like this little animal nose like there's, and then one was like a shark nose. So I just put it on. So one guy's kind of staring at me and I just said, Candy Graham. And he just lost it. (laughs) He completely lost it. He (laughs) knew exactly where I was going. It's funny,
1: just on the Samuel L. Jackson, thing. one of the things he said on the little, there's a little like four minute behind the scenes of Nick Fury, the character thing. And he's like, yeah, this is kind of, kind of, kind of like, how they do things. In the first Star Wars, I just kind of, I showed up for a funeral, kind of shook my head. In the second one, I got to talk to some people. In the third one, I got to kick some ass. He's like, so these will be the same way. The first one, I just kind of showed up for 30 seconds at the end. This one, I showed up and talked to some people. So the next
2: one, I'll get, I'll get to kick some well, ass.
1: That's, that's that's about it.
0: He, he can't put his head in there. <laughs> he can't put his head in there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is not my bird. <laughs>
1: drone
2: better. Like he's asking the the assistant, why why drone better. <laughs> Throws words back at him. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he's got his own little agendas going. and Justin Hammer's just providing him what he needs. Yep. Oh, here. Oh, no, this isn't the...
1: See, it's been revised slightly.
2: Yeah. John, the original or the War Machine armor in general, was it always a retrofit of another existing Stark armor set, like this is the Mark II, or was it built like that? Do you know? Um, It was pretty much originally on
0: par with Iron Man. Like, they drew it pretty much the same... Uh, early on just a different color you know it seemed and then recently it went from suit to life support
3: because right, Rome yeah. was
0: in like a terrible accident or whatever so right. it changed a little bit then
2: but was it a modified like did they take an existing suit and modify it to become war machine with a big gun like they're doing here or was it always built from the ground up to be that the war machine armor
0: Mm, that i don't know i know it was definitely extra weaponized like they're showing here yes but i don't know if it was specially made
1: for him or if they used an existing one i'm not sure right okay well it's it's kind of weird because roadie originally became iron man i mean in the 80s there for a while he took over as iron man and he had the 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 silver and red so he actually you know he didn't start out as War Machine. He started out as Iron Man, and then when Tony came back, that's when I think they evolved. And I can't remember if Tony built him the suit specifically for that purpose, or if there was some threat, and he had that armor in his back pocket, or something like that. Um, you know, Because he's had all that armor, all that, you know, the you know, the Hulkbuster, and the space armor, and the sea armor, mm, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah,
2: they had all different ones. But yeah, I, I,
1: I, I can't recall specifically if, if they took like the, you know, the super you know, weaponized armor and just painted it gray and said, here you go.
2: Okay. This is the info dump scene where he's like, you know, okay, let's get you up to speed on your dad and shield, and then we'll send you back off to learn some more. But, And this is too where we get the first
1: hint that Fury's been around for a lot longer than he looks like he's been around. Right. Which I think, I'm I'm pretty sure he's on board for Cap, um, and I think oh, that would just oh yeah, be, definitely. All, yeah. And I'm hoping it's we see him, you know, as Colonel Fury leading the Howling Commandos. Yeah, uh, I'm really hoping we see that. And I hope he, he's not just showing up at the end when they find him, or you know, at the point in which he, he they find him in the present day. I really hope they they kind of play off the. You know, he's, he's got a long life thing going on.
2: The one thing I really liked about this scene was this scene basically showed Tony where his place is in the bigger picture, which is not as high up as he may have thought it was. At least not right. yet. Once he's brought into the fold of S.H.I.E.L.D. fully, then he may have a little more authority. But right now, like right now with uh, what Super Nanny, uh, with Agent Coulson here, he is... Um, this is setting up Colson's role in Thor and in the Avengers, um, which is the way I could like say it is he's there to be the face of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they don't want to write the Samuel L. Jackson check for that particular scene. Yep. And, and this 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 his bit here is establishing that he's not just a hired hand. He's not just, you know, generic S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. He is basically as much second in command to S.H.I.E.L.D. like, you know, it goes from God to Nick Fury to Colson.
3: Have they right. written him into the comic yet? I don't know that. Mm, not to my knowledge. Shame I mean, it's, it's a matter a of time.
0: I'm reading pretty much every Avengers title
2: right now, and he hasn't popped up in anything. All right, here's my When set. I
3: read uh, uh, Secret Warriors, and he hasn't been in that that I can remember. Yeah,
2: this is my other favorite uh, Justin Hammer scene here.
3: What did you do? What did you do?
2: And, of course, the lo- this whole s- freaking lollipop. <laughs> yeah. This
1: he's always they say he's always got some sort of dessert in every scene he's got to have you know dessert. Huh.
2: You know I noticed his hands seem a little bit orange here. Like they talk about the fake tan. I, like people online and that talk about the fake tan and they're like, what's up with that? I don't get it. It's like, do you kidding me? This Justin Hammer, the way they've been characterizing him, it's it, it makes perfect sense why he would be like that. You know, yeah. he, he he's going to be in the booth doing the spray and tan thing. This whole bit here.
1: Um, Sam Rockwell had to have a little earpiece in and they had to... Kevin Fague, um read the lines to him and he He's repeated spit them? them out. That's nice. Because they, they literally wrote this scene like less than two days before he filmed it. So mm-hmm. he never got a chance to memorize the lines.
2: Yeah. You know, the the, the best part of this scene, it's all fun, is Tough of bitch. course the... Of the Magic Dragon, is, of course, the uh, <laughs> the last one, the Widowmaker or the the ex-wife. This one right the here. The best part of this, as, as much fun as his whole delivery is, it's it's roadie. Yep. Don Cheadle is trying so hard to not laugh. He's actually got to raise his hand up and kind of rub his mouth to stop himself. If there's was any smarter, <laughs> to would write a book, <laughs> hey, and then we'll read it to you. <laughs> it just it just came across so
1: well i mean it it seems so ridiculous he just goes and
2: goes (laughs) (laughs) there it is he's like yeah yeah i'm writing like one of the old chris farley skits and uh what's his name uh Oh, I can't forget the one character, one guy's actor's name, but he just he just he's trying, trying so hard to not laugh at Chris Farley, right? Oh, State. David Spade. Yeah, David, David Spade. Spade Christine Applegate. Yeah, that's that's pretty exactly.
1: Or the or the hot tub scene with uh Will Ferrell and I oh, I guess it was was an Amy Poehler maybe. With, uh, yeah. yeah.
2: Now, when you go through here, there's a lot of little Easter eggs in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this in this chest, and the Blu-ray, it actually lets you go through all of these little pieces a little Cap- more closely.
1: I didn't realize that Cap- there was a Captain America comic in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, there is. There's the, there's the expo brochure. There's something in here about um, a, something called Pegasus. I think it is. That yeah. is the what he used to build out the the uh, particle accelerator towards the middle towards the end of the movie yeah i love this just playing these reels and finally seeing the the bit where he talks to tony
1: yeah or the blooper
2: yeah they're fun
1: that is very much uh john slattery from Mad Men when he goes off off the radar a little
2: bit and i'm guessing Definitely. that mad, mad Men is what 60s uh yeah, yeah.
3: sixty one to sixty five. Okay, so, so far, we're
2: still we're still a good fifteen years later when this would have been made that that character in Mad Men would be.
1: Yeah. And in Mad Men, it's funny because he's got like white hair, like stark, like oh, very yeah? white. Yeah, yeah. No mustache, but his hair is, is white.
2: Does um. <laughs> I just enjoyed like when young Tony was on screen and Tony looked at that. He's like. I wonder, like, what would be going through Tony Stark's mind at that point? Is he remembering when this happened? Is he getting, like, our memories coming back of that day? You know, what's going on in his head?
1: Almost like a repressed memory, you know? Yeah. Like, he's seen it for the... You yeah,
2: know, you can look at these pages a little more closely from that notebook in the on the Blu-ray as well. And there's some, uh, some stuff in there... um, God, it's been a couple weeks since I've looked through it, but I can't... There's something I remember I took note of. It might have been... Oh, the, the Gamma chair. There's notes in there about the designs of the Gamma chair.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Just while we mentioned Gamma, real quick, I won't derail this too badly, but in the New Avengers cartoon... They do the uh, 70s Hulk TV show, Changeover. They show Banner's eyeball, and then they show, like, the DNA change- turning green and stuff. Oh, cool. They call it back to the, how they used to change them on the show. Right. Nice.
2: And another thing a lot of people I've heard complaints about is like, you know, they just got done this whole thing saying you can't leave the place and then they let him leave. I'm like, no, you don't understand. They know ne- he was there to go through that stuff. They know what he's trying to do. They let him do. They let him leave. Let him do that. It wasn't a slip. It wasn't a mistake. It's it's part of the plan. Or, or even if it was, this
1: is Tony Stark. He's one of the smartest men on the planet. Yeah, he can... If he wants to get out, he's going to find a way.
2: Yeah. Okay, this little desktop thing here, When shortly after this movie came out, um, this thing is actually available on Amazon, this little executive toy thing. In the comments section, uh, I forget what the name said, but it said something along the lines of, my boss has this, she keeps it on her desk, it's annoying as all heck, you cannot carry on a conversation with her while, while this thing is is moving, or something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> I love that O'Reilly's ragging on her. <laughs> you know, and I love like the, all the the news people who they actually got to do cameos in here. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you know Bill O'Reilly. Okay, take and leave, leave him, but you had like you know Christiana Amapur uh, from CNN doing the scene, and that's like this is is odd for me to see real reporters doing stuff like this. It's like where's the line between? you know, real news and this. I like, know oh, it's fake. I know it's it, it's a movie and all that, but still, it's it's just odd to see a reporter doing a cameo like that.
1: They've been doing that more and more
2: lately. Yeah. I mean, it adds a level of, um, not authenticity, realism. but, you know, realism, a level of, um, you know, bringing in the DS yes, that exists in our world when they do that. Yeah. And that's one difference <laughs> between Marvel and DC. Always was like, you know, you wouldn't see something like that, I don't think. In a Batman movie, you would see an analog to CNN in a Batman movie, but that's the way DC always was. It had analogs of New York and of Chicago and whatever, whereas Marvel, they've always used the real city, so why wouldn't they really use CNN or whatever? Right. Although, although I will say that the logo they designed for Stark Industries is pretty much a direct rip off of the logo of my company, but hey, whatever. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, I know I work for Tony Stark. You should see some of the stuff that we're doing. We are we are a pair of jet boots away from having Iron Man armor.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. Agent Coulson himself has demoed that new exoskeleton suit.
2: That yeah. You know what? The day this came out on Blu-ray Raytheon, another company demoed their version. I think that's the one you're talking about with Coulson. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Another company is doing a very similar technology as, as we are. Not, not my site where I work. I have never seen it directly, but I've, I've seen stuff of it. I love this scene where it's like, you know, oh, I left both, I left both kids in the divorce. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they both respond. Right. It's like, <laughs>
2: there it is. And he's yeah. like, no. like no. No, no. Too soon. <laughs> oh,
1: he's trying to pick a fight. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's we're sorry man, we going to.
1: Yeah, what are, you, what are we going to do?
2: Now she's going to put him down. A triple imposter.
1: I, I love that I could have you collected. Yep. So so sterile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it he t- tries to rubber band her. yeah stop it whenever we
2: can just, just still <laughs> it still keeps going <laughs> and then he sees it to the future is here And he sees it.
1: This part killed me. I laughed so hard. Yeah. This is a really cool bit. This yeah. is like, okay, Tony's turned the corner. You know, he's getting serious. Yep. He's he's got the game face on.
2: This this so is this Tony is... when he first got back from the cave and was designing the Mark II. This is yep. that Tony's back.
1: Yep. I also think Paul Bettany was an awesome choice for Jarvis.
2: Yeah, I, I I I'm not married to having a human drawers like some people complained about originally, but I am it threw me at first with the first Iron Man, but it's it definitely grew on me, and it's definitely a good way to go with this. And it's been suggested, like, well, maybe they've got we'll Happy. A-
1: what? I'm sorry, I was gonna say they've got Happy Hogan. So you've got kind of the male companion, mm-hmm. you know, not even servant, but male companion going on. You don't need another one, you know, as the the you know, the butler kind of thing. Well, and it was, a, it was
2: been suggested like, well, maybe there'll be a real, a real driver somewhere and he'll, we'll see him in the Avengers. I'm like, I don't think you'll see that. I think that you might see a continuation of the Jarvis AI, you know, in whatever they do in the Avengers. Maybe they'll have a mansion or maybe they'll do whatever, but maybe you'll see Tony will donate that technology to the Avengers project.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it as it is. Yeah. Well, too, it, 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 it it has the ability to carry that character around with them. You know, he hears that he could hear it in the armor, you know, when he's away, he can, you know, it's not, it's not tied to him being a physical being in, um, you know, in his home. Right. And then too, you know, you get into the typical, uh, you know, pitfalls where, you know, the helpless Butler is, you know, used as a pawn against the hero kind of thing. All that goes out.
2: Secret scroll agent or whatever. Yeah, I mean, all
1: that, yeah. All that goes out the window.
2: Yeah. I just love the way they can do this. Like, you know, he just makes it so he can hold it in the palm of his hand. One of the deleted scenes when he, he's going to. We're going to hardware mode. They, he was actually giving more instructions there as they walked out. They just kind of dubbed over the shortened version there. Yeah. But I love this. He's tearing up the whole house to make this work. Oh yeah, you saw More. the stencil on there, Project Pegasus. Yeah. You know, I missed that the first time through. They uncreate we uncreated this stuff. I love More power. I love this now when Colson comes comes in the room and we pull mm-hmm. up that prop that just made a CGI appearance in the last movie. Yeah. Where did you get this? I just love that they included it here. You know, basically officially making it part of the part of the lore. Yeah. Where did you get this?
1: (laughs) And I must say, not to digress too much again, but the way the the shield looks in the cat movie Mm -hmm. is phenomenal.
2: Yeah, it does. I, I love the way Favreau did this. I mean, don't forget, the shield in the first movie was an Easter egg put in there by ILM. Favreau went and had it made just as they put it in there so they could have it as a physical prop here. That's awesome. (laughs)
4: Not
2: that much. Eh, (laughs) Not that much. Yeah, so of course, Colton's on his way to New Mexico, and we'll see him again after the credits. In yeah. the uh, in the there's a a great series of behind the scenes documentaries after this, and just like after the credits of the movie, there's this, there's the Easter egg. After the credits of those documentaries is another Easter egg, and well, it's a documentary of the making of the movie. That's a documentary of the making of the Easter egg scene, yeah. and and he you know. He was actually—they actually filmed that at where they're filming Thor, and just threw it in there. Kenneth Brana directed that short scene and everything. It wasn't something they just simply happened to make for Iron Man. It's something, hey, you're filming Thor, so just film it there. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that we didn't
1: get the Comic Con footage.
2: Yeah, everyone was saying we were going to get DVD. that. Yeah, that was everybody
1: really yeah, we thought we'll we were just, getting that. A little disappointed with that. I would have liked to have have, have seen a high-quality shot of that.
2: Yeah, I was looking forward to that. And there's rumors of a Captain America thing as well. And I think there is something on there, but it's the video game or something like that. I don't know.
1: There's some, uh, I guess it's one of the Howard Stark files or something like that. And they talk about, Yeah. they go into the history That's right. of it.
2: And there it is. There's the element that's going to save his life. And, of course, having seen the trailer, we knew that he was going to end up wearing an armor with a triangular-shaped chest piece, and here's, here's why.
3: Made from pure unobtainium.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, unobtainium, of course. I hate that movie. Meanwhile... Back at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's working on his own new chess piece.
1: Now that I can make presentation, not demonstration.
2: It's loot. <laughs>
1: Obviously, we see a little uh, higher tech version of the whips
2: yep. being well, worked on here. Tony did tell him how to uh, how to improve this technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where he thinks he's got everything under control, but it's just not true. He's so
4: petty
2: <laughs> uh, well he is he's just so petty
3: I know a lot of people had a problem with uh, with his performance in the movie uh, Sam Rockwell, but I, I really got a kick out of it. The whole thing is just so fun for
2: for, for this. The way they wanted to play Justin to portray Justin Hammer, which is like we said, a Tony Stark wannabe trying to emulate that bravado and that without having anything to back it up, he nailed it. You know, he's he's always a an, always been an also ran.
0: And it's pretty much Justin Hammer in name only. I mean, same idea, but like we said, much younger in the whole act he's putting on. Yeah. Uh, In the comics, he's more of an adversary of of Howard Stark. Tough businessman, you know, even like the Obadiah Stane comparison. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, those guards were a real problem for him. Yeah, I love how they're just kind of hanging out.
1: Or is he Beretta? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like, Damn it, Chloe. I need to know where he is now. <laughs> it's going to hit the expo. I love this. Yeah, yeah. oh man, <laughs> <Whoa>. tastes like <laughs> coconut. <laughs> oh, using the whole fist there, Doc.
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> Moon River. <laughs>
2: Okay, so a couple weeks ago on Half Hour Wasted, the boys were doing a little bit where they were saying, what's your theme song? And if I'm not mistaken, this was Brad Milo's theme song. And he was saying on there, can't you just see yourself walking into this tune? And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, didn't I see that already? And then I watched this movie again, and I was like, that's it. That's Brad's theme song. (laughs)
3: So then I guess the question then is, who is Brad's Tony Stark?
2: That's right. Well, you know, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: Now we got to get somebody to Photoshop Frank. Yeah, (laughs) Sage. (laughs) Now we got to get somebody to Photoshop Frank or Sage into the Iron Man armor.
2: Yeah, and that would be, uh, and of course, Bill is uh, his Jarvis, you know, being the voice in his head. That's true.
3: Does that make Frank Scarjo?
1: Ooh. Thank you for not allowing me to unsee that. <laughs> You're welcome.
2: <laughs> now, now I've got visions of Frank. He's happy, Hope. Yeah, he's happy. Actually, I yeah, thank you for that. That helps. Because for a moment there, I was getting visions of Frank saying to do whatever I wanted to do with whoever I wanted Aww. to do it with.
1: <laughs> wrong.
2: This is actually so a very cool. Over the top, you know, used car salesman type of presentation here,
3: oh, using yeah. using nationalism for business.
2: Well, oh, it's it is a weapons developer. I mean, what else are you gonna do? This is right up there with uh, with Tony doing the Jericho and just like with his arms raised out, like he's presenting God himself.
3: I didn't yeah. even think about that, but yeah, it is a nice uh, parallel.
2: I like the little pelvic thruster the for the Marines, and the yeah. And here comes the war machine.
4: Yeah.
1: What's really going on?
2: They did a great job on the war machine armor I mean it it came right out the comic page. It is awesome make salute the other
1: it makes salute the other thing I love that they did did a good job is and I don't know who the sound designer was, but they really did an awesome job of making of you really feeling the weight of the armor because yep. I mean most of this is either CG or some sort of you know polycarbonate plastic or you know resin or whatever and they really do a good job of giving it that weight you really feel it when when well like when when, when
2: tony just landed here and you heard the sound in the mm-hmm. behind the scenes there's the scene of the opening sequence when he lands and when you see the landing there's no sound effect to it and it just the whole thing just feels wrong because of that because you're not getting that sense of weight of movement of of what the armor is really is
4: mm-hmm
1: Even the, I mean, the HUD is different on the War Machine armor, the glow, yeah. you know, it's more well, of that red glow. Yeah,
2: it's the whole, you know, they replaced the software with, with his stuff, so everything's going to be different now. Mm-hmm. All right, and here we go. And this is where Vango puts his plan into place. Glass?
1: Who gives a about Glass. The only criticism I have of this sequence and, and is we don't really get to see like everything happens so fast and it's at such a distance, you don't really get a good feel or look of you know, the armor and what it can do and everything else. I mean, just it's, it's so quick.
2: We'll get a lot of uh, that in the uh, once, once Rody gets back under control and you're having the fight with the drones, we'll get a little bit more of that in the up-close and the close-ground fights. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's where we'll get a lot of that, of what the armor can do, when we see all the different miniguns and everything he's got on them.
1: But even, like, in the first one, when we had the jet scene, you know, we got a lot more close-up, and even though he was kind of moving fat way, it, it seemed like they pulled back a little more in this one.
2: Yeah. Time for the Black Widow to come out. Heck yeah.
0: No talking when Black Widow comes out, please.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Eyes in the road. (laughs) And whatever you do, just don't think about Frank. (sighs)
2: See there... Thank you go for again. that. Appreciate
1: that. <laughs> I love the way that the drones move. You know, there's just so much weight to them. Boy, uh, I love kind yeah. of walking down the stairs. Yeah,
2: there's that. There's I love the way the um uh, forget which 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 grouping they are, but they have the uh, like the big minigun on there on the back and they actually like basically, plant their legs down and uh, bolt themselves to the ground for stability when they use it,
1: yeah, I think it's the
2: is it the air force ones might be these guys here yeah. oh no the the
1: navy, yeah. I think,
2: yeah, leave right. it at. yeah we're not gonna hit anybody when we do this
1: nah they even use like the almost like the b s g style you know shaky cam yeah you know, when it seems like they show the 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 drones and stuff moving. This is really cool. I, I did
2: like this scene. It's just the way the armor just recognizes the profile and just doesn't really mm-hmm. acknowledge that to anybody. But <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I have a feeling that that helmet and that little arm repulsor thing is, is going to be under the tree this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and take my clothes off in the back seat. I love this. This is just the, funny. Yeah, the, the car alarms.
1: The scene, and we'll get to it in... Um, especially with the... Uh, in, in the dome when they when they have the fight. They actually rendered all of that. And they had the cameraman as a, the second... I guess it was the second unit director. Right. It was like a video game. He actually sat in a room. And while all that stuff was rendered independently and all the action was moving on... He actually made camera around, and it acted like almost like a first-person shooter. That depending on which way you were turning, you got to see the the action and control it by moving the camera up, down, and around, a focusing sim- in on certain. Things they did a similar technique
2: back. with in Lord of the Rings. I'm thinking specifically of the uh, in the first movie in the cave uh, when they had the, tro- the troll fight. Mm-hmm. All that was done virtually. Well, Peter Jackson had a like a VR helmet type of thing on, and he had an apparatus that looked very much like a, that would act like a cam. And as he walked through, the VR changed, so he basically could set up his camera shots in this VR environment from any angle he wanted. I love this. He's just going to box this one guy. Meanwhile, she I'm is sorry, kicking we're not ass. supposed to talk. John said don't talk. And I know there's been a. Although you know what this scene does remind of, this does remind me of. I'm sorry, this does remind me a lot of the uh, of hit girl in uh, Kick Ass going through yes. the going through all those guys.
1: Yeah, that type of choreography. Yeah, but I think there was some complaints about the way that it was filmed and everything that it wasn't really ScarJo and it was her double. And watching the uh, documentary, there's a lot more ScarJo there than you. Th- think there is i mean there were a couple scenes that were they felt were a little too dangerous that they had the stunt double do but a lot of this is her yeah um and they showed a lot of the training stuff and uh it was pretty impressive like all all this here is her
2: I love this. It's so like you know, pepper spray.
1: <laughs> the hair. I love the hair.
2: Yeah, at first I was, uh, I was watching this again. I'm like, you know, did she get a perm on the way there? Then I realized, well, it was all up and she just put it down, so Yeah. It still got a little bit of the uh
1: I got him. That dude's hanging. Yeah. I uh
2: Okay, he knows it's time to leave.
1: I was really happy that no pun intended, that she is going to be one of the heroes in the Avengers. No, oh, They actually yeah. decided to keep her in.
2: She has to be. Especially after this appearance. Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of talk of uh, Marina Baccarin, who's another uh, Joss Whedon alum playing Jenna Van Dyne, the
2: Wasp. And that so makes we'll sense, yeah. Especially with Joss. She, he likes to reuse his actors. and
1: Yeah. That's why, while wow, they thought Nathan Fillion was going to show up and be Hank Pym.
3: And you'd
2: be a good choice for that too, I think. Yeah,
3: but isn't that more for Avengers too? I was kind of under the impression that he said everyone we've seen so far is the Avengers.
2: Or yeah, maybe it could be. I yeah, mean, I think that now th- between these these uh, we'll call them two. Maybe I don't think Rhodey, is Rody in it. No, uh, he wasn't
3: at Comic Con when they right. when they introduced. Right.
2: Everybody. So we've got. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, well, that's, that's a good team to start you out with. You know, you've got Iron Man, yeah. Black Widow, Thor. Captain America and Hulk Hulk and Nick Fury. Well, and Nick Fury. Yeah. Well, Jim, Jeremy Renner is, uh, okay. He's, he's,
0: he's confirmed oh, as Hawkeye. Hawkeye right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I forgot
2: about him. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to see how they, uh, adapt his costume.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't expect I a
2: full be... purple thing, but I expect purple, you know, tones to it, you know, like a,
1: I I expect it to be a lot more like the uh, Ultimates. I, lo- I love the conversation <laughs> that yeah. the two of them have here. Again, the married couple thing, like John yep. said earlier. I made you an omelet.
2: Do you remember what I was saying about, you know, Tony Stark finding oh, his finest his place in the hierarchy, trying to find his place in this in this world. He's yeah. not quite there yet, but you know, here's Black Widow, she she knows to she's giving support to him right now. He's in the field and he, you know, he's not calling the shots yet, but you can see a little bit of that relationship changing a bit, you know. Now that he's on board or pretty much on board. Oh. I
1: love his own, man,
2: you could have your super. <laughs> <bad. laughs>
1: This is just a great character moment between the two of them. No, you should be sad. Just
4: don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I take the high ground. Put the biggest gun up there. Well, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. Not the big. Not You are a big gun.
1: You're not the big gun.
2: No, subtle <laughs> <laughs> I love this this is the this is the kill yeah meanwhile box. this is where
1: you go to die
2: <laughs> yeah all, all of this when it was shot these are all the actors or stuntmen and they're doing this choreographed fight scene but they're all different colors to indicate, like you know, like different color jumpsuits with the mocap stuff on, mm-hmm. to indicate what they are. So the guy, the stuntman being Iron Man, is in red. War Machine's in gray. The army guys are in green, whatever. And then they just CG around them. But they did the mocap as part of the fight scene right here, right in in the on the set. It wasn't done in a. Oh, I love the the rocket assisted punches and kicks and that.
1: I love the almost the John Woo style where they show uh yeah. roadie running sideways shooting. Yeah, the gu- I thought that was awesome. I,
2: I love the, uh, the minigun working independently of everything else.
0: Mm-hmm. I really like the contrast. If you, if you pay attention to the, you know, there's a lot of chaos going on, but if you, if you single them out and watch them, you know, Tony's got these lasers and repulsor beams and everything. And, and uh, Rhodey has these, like, high-caliber heavy metal machine guns firing off, and they just give a totally different feel. Like, you get that rumble from Rhodey and, the, you know, the, almost the backlash of the, of the armor, armory going off, you know. And, but Tony's using the lasers and the rocket punches, like Ken was saying, and everything. It's pretty
3: cool. Now that yeah. I see this again, uh, Tony's laser move reminds me of Superman-Batman Apocalypse when they're, yeah, uh, when yeah. they're on, the, on the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't don't think I can do that again.
1: (laughs) I could easily see, too, if they decide to go down that road in Iron Man 3, Hammer making a comeback just by the way he was taken off. And I think he's such a well-received character. I I, I wouldn't be upset if, if they brought him back in some capacity, even if they bring in the Mandarin.
3: Maybe if he even had to join forces with Tony to fight the Mandarin for some reason. Yeah.
1: I love the fact that Pepper Potts is just the CEO of, of – not granted a very large company. But the fact that she's telling the NYPD exactly what to do right, <laughs> how to right, do right. job. <laughs> uh. I must admit to a small degree, I did roll my eyes a little bit when he showed up in like another armor suit. Yeah. Uh, but, but you I, knew I it was going to happen. I love this the ex-wife.
2: Yeah, I love the ex-wife here. All this effect, then it just pops off. Hammer tech. It doesn't work. I
0: don't, I don't know if the little fart noise was necessary. But- <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, I can agree. I can kind of see some people's point that this fight is like way too short for what should have been the climactic battle, you know. But I say you just had the big fight scene. This is just the end of the run, and you know we were given the setup earlier of how they were going to end it anyway. So
1: yeah, and I mean, and then it gets to the point where it's like, you know, are we looking at Return of the Kings territory here, where you know it just goes on and on and on and on? You know,
2: I think I think it's fine. Five points where it could have ended already. Yeah.
3: Which in this case would be a movie about flying instead of walking.
2: Yeah. Right, yeah.
1: But I like how they the the whips retract, you know, they have the ability to retract, and then he can use the again the foot stamp to to kinda lock himself into place.
2: and he's right in the middle of it. Yep. I thought that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean,
1: obviously a little foreshadowed, but yeah, but still it worked well.
2: Yep. Pepper.
1: It also didn't bother me that the villain, I guess one of the villains, I guess, died in this one. You know, it. it I, I'm not a real big fan of that in the superhero movie where the villain always seems to die. But yeah. I, it, it made sense in the first one because it was almost like more... Um, you know, almost self-inflicted to some degree. Right. And this one definitely self, self-inflicted. Um, so it, it, it carries a, a little more legitimacy. And it wasn't done just like, oh, we'll kill off the villain.
2: This is the only scene in this movie that didn't work for me. Yeah. You know, the whole thing with and, Pepper and the kiss and all this. It's like... Well, first off, I was going on hoping that we were going to see the beginnings of Pepper and Happy. First off, to see this, we just completely... I'm not gonna say it ruined the movie for me, but it's the only part of this whole movie that didn't work for me.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see Pepper there. now I think the roadie scene here that we get where he makes his comment, yeah, maybe is is there is there out?
2: Yeah, and it could it could be, and then there was also was the voice of the, uh, I think there was there's probably uh, there's probably a segment of the audience that wanted to see them follow through with in Iron Man One when they had their moment, so that gave him that here, but then you got roadie like I said to 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 balance that and. Show it doesn't work.
1: It's a little too cliched for me. Yeah. (laughs) I love Brody's line. It's like two seals fighting for a grape. (laughs) (laughs) That was just awesome. I love it.
2: <laughs> I'm th- I, th- I think it's weird.
4: Yeah,
2: <laughs> get a roof. <laughs> I, w- I wasn't asking. Yeah. There he goes. Yep. Now we're going to shoot yeah, we're cutting over here to shield now. It, 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 they go quick, but like the monitor right there, that's the college fight of the Hulk right there. Right. The map's got a couple places I think uh, Wakanda might be highlighted, New Mexico certainly yeah. is. But we don't yeah, get Yeah, like New same- Mexico. Yeah.
1: Wakanda, Atlantis.
2: Atlantis. I didn't Oh yeah, I just saw I just caught it there. Yeah. So, so this happens. Like I said, the the there's a the campus fight there. That's happening. I think it said live. I don't know, but so the scene at the end of Hulk is happening after this because this is where Tony is now full in, or at least you know a consultant for Shield. Remind me the extra scene at the end of Hulk. That's when uh, Tony walks into the bar and talks to Ross and says, "We're we're putting a team together." All oh, right, he talks to Ross. Okay, right. okay.
1: I also took this as they're out. So, now granted, the scene in Hulk takes place after this, and and they're bringing him on as a quote consultant, but I saw this as okay, if Downey Jr. doesn't sign on for the Avengers or Avengers 2, then they could use Rhodey or War
2: Machine. Right. As, it could be, as, but, as but Iron something extreme would have to happen to that because from the very beginning of this, yeah. well, hang on, this part right here. Remember after Monaco, he's talking about Stern, he says, he should be giving me a medal. I mean that. Yeah. And here he is going to be giving him the medal. Um, but Robert Downey Jr. has always been a big proponent, not only of Iron Man, but of the whole concept of building this 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 universe. And he wants to see it done right. You now, I don't know how that translates to his pay scale or if he's taking a cut or if he's doing something else, but he definitely wants to see it through. And I don't know if that's changed at all.
1: The only... Yeah, this is a great exchange between the two of them between Gary Shandling and, yeah. and uh Robert Downey. Mm-hmm. The the only thing I think I I'd say against that is I, I've heard and I don't know how much of it is true, you know, sometimes the stuff you read, who knows whether it's you know, whether it's true or not. But that fabro that's the short end of, of the his. stick. Yeah. And I can't remember if it had to do with him getting the short end of the stick with as relates to um, the Avengers or to the fact that they shortened everything up in his timescale and they're forcing – they kind of forced dates on him for Iron Man 2 and and uh, Downey Jr. was a little upset about that. I don't, I don't know. I, I just remember hearing that there there's a little bit of bad blood between Favreau and Marvel and there there was a little concern yeah. that – some of that was going to roll over into into Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I hope but, not,
2: because there's a yeah, lot here, here. It says Stanley as himself. Nah, you know, again, so same thing. Like he wasn't playing Larry King; he was just dressed like Larry King, just like last time he was dressed like half. The yep. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know it's been well, not well reported, but there's different stories with. Um, What's his name? Edward Norton from Hulk, you know, because he he did some of the rewrites, and then he wanted more of a say, and then now he's he's out. He's not even involved uh, anymore. They got somebody else to play uh, to play Banner, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, right. So it's it's you know I don't know what's up with Tony, but he, with with Favreau producing the other movies and direct continuing directing Iron Man, he's definitely trying to. Uh, um, keep a um a certain tone or theme or consistency among all these movies beyond just the little cameos are throwing in to link them together.
1: Yeah, I just, I just hope they don't crowd him out or treat him poorly because I mean in all I mean they owe him a lot. I mean he I mean for the most part he kicked off this whole Marvel franchise. You know, prove it can be done, and make a and and make make turn it into a friend. And a lot of that had to do with his choices, and you know the the way that the first Iron Man was done. So,
2: yeah, he really set the whole tone for that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, Um, I I don't want to necessarily date this. I know we wanted to keep it kind of pretty clean as far as uh, uh, an evergreen show where you can sit down and listen to commentary anytime. Uh, but we talked about how the movie just came out on DVD not long ago. So you can kind of guess where when we recorded this. But I do want to congratulate the Texas Rangers on their entry into the uh, 2010 World Series. Fine. <laughs> wait for it. <laughs>
0: wait, wait for it. I'm totally okay. Um, we were not the best team this year. We were the best team last year when we whipped the Phillies' ass.
1: And, you know... See you next year. All right. I'm a Cub fan, so I'm going to be silent.
2: Again. For another year.
0: Or
1: 50, <laughs> 60. You never can tell. 101, but who's counting?
2: 101. Wow. <laughs> Apparently you All right, it's midnight this year.
3: <laughs> Love the song.
2: It is midnight. How about that? I didn't realize it was that late. But we, we we're gonna hang out and wait for the, uh, the scene. Right. I love all the, well, the special, special thanks Jean to Cohen, yeah, Sergeant Cohen. Yeah. yeah, Fraction was in there. Yeah. You know, the talk about this bonus scene in the making of clip that's on the documentary. They actually have a, um, a, a little interview with JMS, J Michael, Michael Straczynski. And the scene, of course, if you haven't seen it already, which we've seen in a minute, is uh, uh, the hammer in a pit in New Mexico, and that is pretty much right out of. Uh, uh, did he? Did he write the story that would, that that appeared in uh, Fantastic Four when they first saw it, or just did he just write? Yes, he did. Okay, I knew he had, he had to do with he wrote was writing the first he, issue of Thor when it restarted. Yeah, but, he
1: was the writer. He was the writer on FF when okay. that was
0: going on. I'm sorry, did he write the disassembled, Russ, between... Um, it was the Thor disassembled where he kind of gets put in the position that he's in, and then Fantastic Four, the hammer falls.
1: Well, yeah, no, Thor disassembled came quite a bit before, because that was around the time with the whole Avengers disassembled. Like, all that stuff took on at the same time. And then the 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 FF stuff was the road to civil war.
2: Oh okay, yeah, yeah. When we we when we did um, our Thor coverage, we talked about those particular issues. And what what what, what um, he was saying was like it's one thing to write, you know, exterior pit hammer in the middle, whatever, but to see it in front of you live being filmed, it's just a it's a big rush, and I can only imagine what's that what that's like. Um, but yeah, but Coulson, Agent Coulson himself, is going to have a much bigger role in uh, Thor. It seems.
1: Yeah, I love in the the Comic Con footage that's kind of widely out there by now. Yeah, but where where the the Destroyer shows up and he's like, "Is that one of Starks?" And then Coulson goes, "I don't know." He doesn't tell me
2: anything. guy never tells me anything. Yeah, it's, it's great. And then, and then, and then he's got the he's got the uh, the megaphone. He's just like, you know, you're using an unlicensed uh, weapons technology. Please stand down. And then, like, it starts to power up. You're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Didn't he we have s- like
3: a ray gun in that footage too? Uh,
1: the destroyer who Colson?
3: Yeah, Colson. Didn't he pull out kind of like a '50s looking ray gun? Uh,
2: he had a weapon, but I don't know. I didn't. He didn't. certainly didn't fire it, so I don't know what it actually was.
3: True. Good point. Yeah. Man. It's been six months since I've seen that footage. So. so.
2: I think we're starting to get near the end of the credits here.
1: Yeah. I mean, the scene coming up, I think the Thor footage is cool, but I think overall it was kind of a much ado about nothing. This This footage did less for me than the... The Fury stuff did, yeah, and the Fury stuff was I good remember. at
2: the end of the credits, but like Hulk, this probably should have been before the credits, like the Hulk scene was, I,
1: I agree, I don't think or that's, like where I, they just
3: do the cast and then they have the scene, and then the rest of the credits that's like right. that.
1: fine too, yes, yes, I'm not a big fan of the wait until all the credits are done,
2: yeah, especially after a two hour movie and your popcorn and your soda. I mean, I remember I waited till the end of the second matrix movie to see the footage of the new one, and I'm like, I had a pee like you wouldn't believe.
1: Yeah, my wife's ready to punch me in the mouth at two hours, so (laughs) having to stay even longer is not a good plan. Here it is.
2: Love it. Love it. Sir, we found it.
1: Bum, bum, bum. And there And I love it. We don't even see the whole thing. It's just, you know, just that bare glimpse.
2: Yep. I noticed on this hammer there was no inscription unless it was on the other side, but that's okay. And that is Iron Man 2, prequel to The Avengers. Very much so. So we have uh, Thor is May and Captain America is June or July, is that right? July. July? I think it's July.
3: All right. Let me double check that because I actually want to say it's they're a year apart. No. Are they a year apart and then it's Captain America and then Avengers the same year?
2: No, no, that no, no, that no. changed a while ago. It's, it's oh, okay. next year's no, it Thor. Because they're filming now, or they're in post now at this point. But, yeah, next year is Thor and Captain America. Then, in 2012, we'll have uh, the Avengers. And I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else from Marvel. Yeah, I think Iron, Man, Iron 3 Man 3 is, I think that's 13. That's 13, yeah. Yeah. And I think with this Disney deal, I think they gave... Yeah, they gave Iron Man 3 a date of 2013. When they yep. announced, yeah, that was just
1: like last week. Yeah, and yeah, was... Go They paid $115 million to Paramount to take back distribution rights to Avengers and Iron Man 3. So, kind of a sweet deal for Paramount. I mean, they basically had to do nothing and get $115 million. Yeah, they just hundred, basically just million million. distribution.
2: Now, the, the actual making of the movies, that's not changing, right? It's just the... Yeah, it's still Marvel. Well, yeah, it it's always been Marvel. Marvel Studios. Paramount was only just a distribution arm of it, right? So, which is what right. now Disney's gonna be taking over. And if Marvel's right. been making the movies, well now Disney's basically essentially has the whole thing. They've got the yep. production and the distribution, which which only makes sense. And that yep, Paramount.
3: Paramount still makes money off the back end if it if it does really well. Yeah. Now
2: now some people have asked, I've seen like tweets and things like that when they announced it, it's like, well now if we can only do the same thing with Fox and get the X Men and Sony and get never gonna happen. I say, and that's a, di- that's a different deal because they're they're not just distribution, they're producing it. Yeah. And as long as they keep making movies, they keep the licenses.
1: I think that's how it works. And so we will continue to see either reboots or, yeah. you know, half-assed projects. That's it. To some degree,
3: that's I think. It, you know.
0: Um, Daredevil versus Punisher.
3: <laughs> well, Marvel has Punisher again because P- uh, Punisher did so well or so poorly twice in a row. Marvel was able to buy it back. Yeah. So if you get a couple flops in a row, you never know. Marvel might get it back. It'll be about 2030 by then.
2: Yeah, That's why they're rebooting Spider-Man. That's why they're rebooting Spider-Man. They don't want to take a risk of another flop because the same thing could happen then. Now, meanwhile, I, for one, would love to see Spider-Man and the Avengers. Yeah. How awesome would that be? But what are you going to do? I mean, I, I love the team that we're getting. I love these movies that are happening. It would be nice to have all the big hitters in there. You know, to have... Yeah, I would. I would love to see them, not stick it to Sony, but what about an unnamed cameo where I don't know? You have the Avengers doing something, and in the crowd is Tobey Maguire taking pictures. That's it. <laughs> now I, I I say that somewhat jokingly, but that's that's how a lot of these big tie-ins kind of started. It's like you know Stanley in one of his interviews I've read, I, I've seen said basically, basically it's like, well, Spider-Man's in New York, Fantastic Four's in New York, Daredevil's in New York, you know, in this panel of the Fantastic Four doing something, why not have Peter Parker taking their picture? And, and, and that's kind of how a lot of that kind of started. I mean, I know in, I mean, Spider-Man number one, it was Spider-Man at the Fantastic Four, you know, was, but that, that, that happened very subtly initially. And so it's not like today where every other issue is a big major crossover or a big event. Right. right. All right. Right As you said, it is time to wrap this up. We've been doing this long enough.
1: All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to our Iron Man two commentary. Um, as we said, again, we'll be, uh, probably doing Tron next and, and, uh, And we will continue these as they continue to come out or as as something sparks our interest. Um, So as always, you can check us out at legionofdudes.com. You can send us an email at comments at legionofdudes.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 516-468-7912. We have, of course, Facebook groups for Half Hour Wasted, Legion of Dudes, Speak of the Devil, and The Walking Dead. Our Walking Dead TV podcast that we've just started up, which we're anticipating um, releasing. Very, very soon. So, for Jordan, Ken, and John, this is Russ saying we will see you next time.
2: Good night. Later.